Welcome to the Natural Hair Education Podcast, where we empower, educate, and embrace our essence through the love of natural hair. I am your host, Corinthian Carruthers II, and thank you for listening. I am a licensed beauty educator, licensed cosmetologist, and natural hair culturist. I am co-owner of Creative Hair School of Cosmetology and creator of Natural Hair Education, where I guide, teach, and coach beauty school students and professional stylists on their path towards mastering and increasing their value and income in natural hair care and braiding. On this platform, we will discuss real hair stories, break myths, and grow in self-love. Hey everyone, welcome back to Natural Hair Education's podcast. On today's episode, I have special guest Michelle Evans. Michelle Evans is a hairstylist and she would inbox me from time to time discussing different topics around either the podcast or Instagram posts that I would share. And we began to have dialogue and she came up with an interesting topic that I feel would be of some value to you listeners. And the topic we're talking about today is unlicensed versus licensed hairstylists. Make sure you all stick around to the end of the episode as Michelle has great value to share for those who are unlicensed but still wanna practice in this industry. Before I bring Michelle onto the podcast, I do wanna read her bio. Michelle Evans is a mother of seven. She's been in the beauty world for seven plus years. She started off with makeup, which is her first love. Then she was introduced to the wonderful world of wigs. Michelle can construct multiple wigs for hours. It's the most relaxing thing ever. She would make them just to put them on display and maybe wear it, but mostly for show. Later, she decided to take her passion to the next level and become a licensed cosmetologist. That's where she found herself. She practiced and studied techniques for building better hair care around textured hair. She specializes in natural hair care maintenance and wigs. Michelle can be found on Instagram. Make sure you click the show notes to click the link to follow her. All right, here's Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the Natural Hair Education Podcast. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I am so good. I'm so excited about you being here on the podcast with me today. Before I get into what our topic is, I do want you to just share a little bit about yourself, tell the audience what you do and how you got started. Hey, well, I've been, well, my name is Michelle. I am a cosmetologist. I've been in the beauty industry for about seven years. Um, My first love was makeup and skincare. And then a few years following that, it fell into wigs and extensions. And then I just decided you know, let's make this a legit business for myself. And I enrolled in cosmetology school, um, got my license, and now I am practicing fully with uh, natural hair care and hair extensions. That is so good. So what made you uh, want to really get into becoming a licensed cosmetologist, because today we are talking about licensed stylists versus unlicensed stylists. And so what was that initial action or that initial thought for you to say, I'm going to just go get my license because I need to be legit. What was your whole decision making factor on that? Well, honestly, it was my husband. He actually planted the seed for me to actually go 
and really pursue being uh, a cosmetologist or a hairstylist. And then he always said, like, you do such great work. Your hair will always look good. Your, our daughters look really good. And, you know, a lot of our friends and family wanted, you know, like what I did. So I was like, okay, yeah, why not? So I did some more research and I went into cosmetology and that's where I really found myself. I found what gave me some real passion and, and joy and what it really was, it was in natural hair care. Because growing up, of course, we didn't have the things that we had uh, then versus now and the knowledge that we have. So what really, really drove me was that I want to help people who were in similar circumstances that I were in when it came to my natural hair without having fallen prey to uh, relaxers. Nothing wrong with relaxers. It was just some people called it the rite of passage, quote unquote, or that's just a thing that you did, but you didn't have to do that. And knowing how to really take care of it is something that I wanted to help provide for others. Absolutely. And it's so important too, that more stylists um, tap into the natural hair care aspect of the industry, because cosmetology schools, I'm sure, you know, you probably did a lot of chemicals, you did a lot of color, maybe some cuts, and it was maybe a little bit of education catered around texture hair, like, you know, what products to use and how to properly handle, maintain and manage natural hair. That whole sector, I feel like needs more attention right now. It needs to be taught in more schools. And so I thank you for even being a stylist that's that's caring enough to even want to get into that whole aspect of natural hair. And you also do wigs, right? So you do custom wig making. Tell us about how you got yes. into that. Um, my sister actually got me into wigs. So, you know, in the very beginning, wigs was kind of like, I guess I want to say like taboo, but people kind of <laughs> steer clear from wigs. But me, I just go head first into the wig. Okay. I love me a good wig. So what started was the half wig that kind of like got me into it. And then I said, I don't really like these. So I ended up making my own. So I make them from I actually started from uh, the hot glue method I started off with the hot glue method because I found out that was really more um, versatile for me so I can keep recycling and reusing hair and I was like okay let me branch it out a little bit more and then I went into the whole hand stitching and sewing method with wigs and I love making wigs it's like therapeutic for me it's like knitting like I can just sit there make a whole wig and I'm like oh that was great <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna make another one. And I just make another one. And I just I just make them and make them and they just sit there in my closet looking so pretty. <laughs> That's so funny. So have you noticed a difference um with you becoming a licensed stylist? Have you noticed a difference in the opportunities that you had or even the amount of money that you make right now in hairstyling? Um, versus those or versus how you were before you became licensed? Yeah. Um well, from my experience, I did notice a little bit of a difference before when it basically came down to giving a price. For example, a sew-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone asked, hey, can you do a sew-in for me? I'm like, yeah, I can do a sew-in number. I'll say, okay, $65, right? And sometimes they'll kind of give me that side eye, like, ooh, that's kind of expensive, <laughs> you know, like $65. Didn't really seem expensive at all. It's basically going to be in my home or somebody else's home. I don't have a salon space and I'm not licensed. So the naturally, in, you know, instinct is to think like your price should be lower because you right. are not a professional. 
Mm-hmm. Versus now, as a licensed stylist working within a salon, there's nothing wrong with being at home because there are some really great home stylists. Mm-hmm. It's that perception that puts it out there. Absolutely. So I did see, kind of, I saw of a night and day kind of thing when it came to that. I was kind of like, okay, I get it. It makes sense because what would be my natural instinct to think if I'm asking somebody to provide a service who I know is not licensed Absolutely. Or, or a professional? Yeah. So, okay. So you bring up some good, good topics, some interesting things there. I teach students in cosmetology school, right? And one of my things I talk to them about when they first start school in their orientation, I don't ask them who do hair at home because personally, I don't want to know, but I show them this diagram that I draw and I basically give them, okay, school charges like this baseline price, right? So when mm-hmm. they, when um, clients come in to the beauty school to receive services, they pay like a certain price, not really high. It's not extremely mm-hmm. cheap, but it's a, I feel like a fair market price for it to be a beauty school. And then you have the students or the stylists that are in the world that are not licensed performing these services. And they will either charge a little bit more than what beauty school charges or maybe a little less. And what I tell my students is I've seen this over and over and over again. You are easy to burn out, right? When you are doing heads after head after head and you are charging a low price, because you're unlicensed and because you you don't have the proper education, you don't have the um, the environment to provide a professional service in, you can't charge what you want to charge. And so you work for these pennies and then you're exhausted at the end of the day. And then you're like, oh my goodness, I only made X amount of dollars. I hate doing hair, you know? So then you start to grow resentment for being a hairstylist because you're not making the money that is possible to make. And so I tell them, like, like guys, while you're in school, hold your integrity, right? I know people go want their hair done, family and friends for number one. And them are the people that don't want to pay, right? <laughs> like, family and friends will give you the side eye. They have you like, uh, excuse me, they think it's a hustle or they, they think it's your hobby. It's a side job. But for many of us, hair is our lifestyle. Like, this is our career. This is how we support ourselves and our family. And so I tell them that, okay, if you are doing hair on the side, don't expect them same people to support you and pay you your worth when you become licensed. It's not going to happen. And I know it's hard because school is all they do. They don't have a job. So they look for hair to, to supplement that income for them on the side. But I just tell them, you guys have to be very strategic and wise about what you're doing because you don't want to burn yourself out for pennies on a dollar. And you have people that work a few days a week in the salon and it's making the killing, you know? And I just, you know, I just want to just really, really like unpack that because did you feel like that? Did you feel like while you were in beauty school, like you said, people didn't, didn't want to pay you your worth or you would have to charge lower prices because you didn't have the environment to do their hair in like a professional space or you didn't have maybe just just because you didn't have a license. Right. They look at you like, oh, this is your hobby, girl. I'll give you this for doing this for me. Did you experience that? Yeah, I experienced a little bit of everything. <laughs> So, I mean, I didn't really think that much of it because, again, that's what I would think. And then I'm like, well, I guess you're right, you know, whatever, right? And I would go ahead and do it. But then, like like you said, being in beauty school like that, 
it does kind of burn you out. It does almost like a negative impact on you as far as even finishing or even thinking like, is this even really worth it? And honestly, beauty school is basically kind of giving you a glimpse of what you're going to be looking, what you're going to experience once you uh, graduate and become licensed. It doesn't necessarily mean this is what it's going to be. I guess it kind of humbles you a little bit. You mm-hmm. kind of get that feel of different types of clients that you will be dealing with on a regular basis. Exactly. Where you'll know like, hey, this is not the type of client I want to attract or this is the <laughs> one I want to attract. How can I, it's a learning tool. It is. It's a simulation. I say, I tell our students, the beauty school is, is a simulation of what's going to happen in the real world, right? You're going to have all different personality types. You're going to have all different types of hair textures. You're going to have all the different types of styles that come to you. And this is the perfect place to start to groom yourself to be able to, for one, see if this is what you really want to do. But number two, learn how to adapt to personalities. I feel like that's another big thing too that beauty school helps with is helping you identify like who do I most attract to me right now like and what is that going to look like for me in the real world it just start to help you prepare yourself for what's really going to happen right. so yeah I agree and then in today's world we have Instagram right and Instagram has like everything going on you have braiders uh natural hairstylists cosmetologists colorists um wig stylists all type of people and it's like you really don't know who's professional today and who's not or when I say professional you don't know who's licensed today and who's not and and that is really I feel like one of the biggest struggles right now in the industry. Well, um, what do you feel about that with Instagram having so many different uh, people that's, that's sharing and posting their work? And sometimes it's amazing work, but you just don't know, you know, if they're even licensed. Honestly, Instagram, that is, you can get lost in the sauce for Instagram. <laughs> when it comes to trying to find a service, you will be on there for days trying to cipher through okay, this one got really good work, but is she licensed or it's a lot of stuff. It's like, do you have the time to do it? So what happens, um, well, I feel that people are more attracted to the pretty pictures and the pretty video versus if you're licensed or not, because they're looking at the end result. Mm -hmm. And that's what people want is the end result. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't matter if you're licensed or not. Again, there's no no shade or anything to people who are not licensed because you can have skills and be unlicensed and be licensed and not have really great skill set. So there is a count is a counterbalance. So yeah. basically you have to go into it like, okay, if I go to this person and I'm pretty sure they're not licensed, so you got you're accepting what could happen. Exactly. Then when you go with somebody who is licensed, your expectations are higher. And you feel a little more secure because you know what this person has been trained to handle my hair. Mm-hmm. Again, it can go left. <laughs> but all in all, it's, it's, it's something that you, it's a roll of the dice sometimes. It is. Unfortunately, that's kind of how it goes. Having a license doesn't guarantee that you're going to be the greatest styles ever. Not having a license means that you'll never have clients. Have clients. It's, it's all in the balance. It's all, it's all balanced with it. Yeah. And what are you willing to, I guess, I, I guess, go through? Mm-hmm. That's basically it. Yeah. And you're, and you're so right about that um, because you can be a licensed stylist and not be able to provide quality work. 
You know, just because you did go to school and you have a license behind your name does not guarantee or does not. Yeah, I said it right. It doesn't guarantee that your styles are going to be on point, like A1 work. And then you have those who have been doing hair since they were 12 and they like, you know what? I'm not going to beauty school. I got this. I can just do hair. I have clients. But on the flip side, what are you compromising? What are those clients compromising with supporting someone who has not had the education? And not saying again that they're not good. They could their work could be amazing and talented. But are you are like are you compromising your hair? And then that goes back to the client, right? Because you yeah. have clients who that, that that just don't care. I don't care if you license, girl. I don't care if you not licensed. Like, listen, I need my hair done. I need it now. What can you do? And for how much? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So then you have those clients like that as well. And but but as a stylist, like for me, I like to attract a certain type of clientele. I like to break clientele down by, I don't want to say bill payers, but you have your clients that are your bill payers. And those are your reliable customers, your ones with consistent income, the ones that care more about the health of their hair. And then you have clients that are seasonal. You have those who only come during special events. You got the clients that come during weddings and proms and things like that. And then you have chair hoppers, <laughs> uh-huh. right? They're just looking for a good deal, girl. They don't care if you license or not. They need a good deal. They want their hair done and it has to be on point. But yes, you said it, girl. You can get lost in the sauce on Instagram. I know I have plenty of times. I'm like, oh, let me move back out of here. Let me take a step back because this is just too much right now. <laughs> it's becoming uh-huh. overwhelming with all the talent that's out there because it's a lot of talent in this industry. It is. And I do want to add that it's a lot of money in the industry. It is. And um, I do, I do believe that um, you make more when you specialize in something. That's just my opinion. What do you feel about that? Do you feel like you make more doing just like one or two things in the industry? Yeah. uh, Before, uh, since I did, I did a lot. I could do a lot really good. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be the jack of all trades. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to make three times as much money. I'm going to do it all. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Nope. I almost burnt myself out trying to do everything. And I say, okay, you know what? You got to take a step back. Let's pick, let's pick your top two, three things and make that that. After that, I was like, you know what? <laughs> this was so much better. It was a wiser decision and the income was great for me. Right. Yeah. That's, that's stress. And I'm getting, I'm attracted to what I'm looking for and not just, you know, random crowds of people. I like having the, the specialty. The specialty is, is actually really good. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I do. I think that once you broaden, like if you're a stylist that do everything and just broad all your styles, it's okay. But I just feel that you're going to only make so much right? Because let's say, okay, let's just take, uh, let's take custom wigs for an example. Okay. So let's say you're doing custom wigs and you're doing everything else. Now you have to decipher within your time. What am I going to have time to provide for my clients that want a cut, a color? This person wants their luxury twist. This person want to twist out and have to do a custom wig. It's just a, it's just a lot to handle. And you have to be be able to be strategic with your time. But then if you're if you're focused on a specialty or a small niche, then you're able to say, okay, I'm customizing wigs on this day. And then on this day, I'm going to install these wigs or I'm going to prep my client's hair 
for the wigs, you know, I just feel like it's a lot. And then you're able to charge a higher price or you get, or you're able to price your styles accordingly, because now you have, you like, you have the experience that this is what you know for people are more likely to respect you for that thing. And they're willing to pay more for it. So I, mm-hmm. I really do believe that like, like once you find that one thing and you hone down on it and you just beat it down <laughs> and you just work at it and work at it and work at it, you will be much more successful. Yeah. stylist. Yes, and your work doesn't suffer for it as well. Exactly. That's a good point. Man, it's a um yeah, with the you know, going back to the whole Instagram, like the Instagram stylist and things like that, I see a lot of really great work. It's like really great work, but then it's a lot to even book with this person or they have a list of rules as long as my arm and and then you decide to still go and it's like man that wasn't even worth it right then or the ones that call themselves you know natural hair carers or things like that but they really kind of lack the knowledge of it and I I personally think a lot of uh stylists or licensed cosmetologists or just uh people who are really in the profession are being overshadowed I do too. Overshadowed by the pretty pictures and videos versus the real care of it all. Yeah. And, and, and like, I used, I used to think about that, but what I also know to be true is that, and I, I, I don't want to word this the wrong way, but natural hair care or care for someone's hair in general. And I feel like I shouldn't say all stylists, but those who have invested themselves in their time and money in this industry to become professional and become better at their art and craft, people are going to be looking for us. <laughs> Like they're going to be looking for us. Like, listen, I've been going to this lady or I've been getting my hair done in these braids or in these updos or, and my hair need help. Like my hair needs help. Can you help me? And I know that there has been a shift. I even see it in the beauty school. We like rarely do any chemical services, like far as relaxers, those styles and those type of services are diminishing within our facility. And we have more people that are more now concerned about their hair. And yeah, you, you're going to always have a population of people that that want the lace fronts, that want the braids and extensions and things like that. But you're also going to have a lot of people that are wanting to care for their hair because natural hair is in and, and it's beautiful and it's yours. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just something that I feel like even though stylists are being overshadowed, they're still going to get the clients that's dedicated and that's coming for them anyways if you know what i'm saying Dig it yeah. Up. oh yeah totally and then you, yeah and then you also made a point about the booking girl i already know when you, when it's time to book with some of these stylists it takes so much work and you have to put almost like the whole payment down as a deposit for the service and that could be because of a, a, a couple of reasons for yeah. one it could be because they're just that busy i know when i do hair i don't do hair a lot but my books are open um, for a quite a bit of time and they fill up fast and so I have to schedule like for months out because I spend a lot of my time in the beauty school teaching teaching online and so I don't have a lot of time for my clients but far as the deposit thing goes have you heard about like deposits and um, coming to the the salon pre-washed already washed and conditioned and blow-dried what is your thoughts on that oh why <laughs> okay so i'm with the whole deposit thing like, that could be for a lot of reasons or you know put a little money down for the deposit to secure your spot that help weed out you know people making appointments and 
not showing up, you know, kind of on a constant basis, things like that. Okay, I'm with that. I understand that your time is precious, just like mine. So you know what? I'm fine with that part. But why do I have to have my hair 80% style before I come to you and I'm paying full price? Yeah. That that one I don't really get. And then what makes it see now when I think about that, I'm like, okay, maybe this person doesn't have um, a shampoo bowl. Okay, so we're just probably getting braised up, but kind of find it's a whole furnished salon, shampoo bowls and stuff here. Why can't you shampoo my hair? And I saw, I actually was talking to my friend and she told me that um, one of her relatives used to go to this lady like all the time for her, for her wigs, wigs and sewings all the time. And she had to come wash, wash, blow dry and braid it down. Girl. And then I'm like, what? What do you mean braid it down? Yeah, you, you got to have your hair already shampooed, got to have that like a blow dry, and you got to have it braided. Well, you and, then put the, and then she'll put the hair in. And wow. you can't. I couldn't wow. believe it. So you got to find two people to do your hair? I'm like, ooh. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that. I don't favor that at all because I feel like, and I'm sure I've said this in a couple of my episodes, but when you have a client and you shampooing their hair, I feel like that's a perfect time to bond with that client you get to learn more about them they get to and especially if it's a new client Uh because you know everything happens at the shampoo ball right like they get to learn if you're timid if you're if you're solid if you're confident in that style that you're getting ready it all happens at the shampoo ball so how can you even skip that whole process and then on top of that you're able to see that person's hair like see what they need is it lacking Uh uh protein or is it is it fragile is it poor it's like you get to learn so much at the shampoo bowl and so that tells me when a stylist asks for you to come shampoo blow dry braided and all those things that their main concern is not the health of your hair it's just getting the it's just getting the styling and getting the dollar or or collecting the coins Yeah, that is what it tells me. So I do not favor that. And I hate that our industry have people like that because it brings our whole industry down collectively. You know, it puts a bad stigma on the beauty industry. And I feel like the beauty industry is such an amazing, it's a solid industry. Like everybody, I don't care what year it is, how old, young you are, you're going to be impacted by this industry somehow some way I mean so many people like news reporters and like actress first women and I mean it's everyone want their hair done everyone wants to look nice whether it's their hair weaves braids extensions even no hair you got you got to get your hair shaved off right so Mm -hmm. we are all impacted by this industry and I just wish that we can learn to set standards across the board and and then and then also be respectable to other stylists yeah. I feel like I feel like that's another thing that I wish to see. There's enough for everybody. You know? Like there's enough to go around for all of us. We don't have to bash other stylists or compete against other stylists. Just just be good at what you do, right? Focus on what you do and be great at that one thing. And you you will have the people. You will have the clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is plenty of hair to go around. There's plenty <laughs> of people. And, you know, we should be more willing to help each other out. Like, it's not a hidden secret. (laughs) 
Right. We should be able to help each other out. We're we're not in direct competition with each other because I'm not doing the same thing that you're doing. So why not help each other out? Absolutely. It's okay. Absolutely. It's okay to be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to teach that to our students as well. And and like I love their I love their connection and, the, and their energy. I, lo- I love the energy at the school, period, because I feel like a lot of that starts from whoever they're taught by. You know that it's a big seeker. You can't share your tips and ideas. But the more you share the, and the more you give, the more you're able to receive. Even in the industry, you get to even learn more. So when you're teaching someone something, you never know how you, like, at what moment in time you're going to say, oh, this may make sense too. And so I try to teach our students that when you guys are on the floor and you're working with a client and you see another student that's struggling, don't laugh or talk about them, you know, pull them to the side, like, or, or come get an instructor and say, I think she's having a hard time or, or he's having a hard time and just help each other. Like, you don't understand how much support this industry needs. Like it needs so much more love and compassion. <laughs> So that we can continue to set standards and raise the bar and raise the level of the industry. My last thing I want to ask you, how do you feel about, and this is no disrespect to those who do, because my mom did this as well, but those who do hair from their home, out of their home, what is your thoughts on that? More power to you. (laughs) I think we all came from, you know, the living room. Hairstyling, we all came from there. That is the starting point that everybody came from. And I applaud everybody who does that to bring somebody into your home. That's a whole different feeling and that's a whole different experience. And I think it takes a lot to do that. That's kind of not for me. I just like my home to be separate. Yeah. (laughs) To be separate. But, you know, for some, that's what they prefer. They like that that Mm close-knit feeling. And it kind of brings you back to like how you used to, you know, get your hair done at home and you sit in there and talk. So it's a, um, it's almost like, it's like a bonding, like a bonding place. Mm-hmm. So I'm for it, but not for me, but who does it, you know, <laughs> more power to you. It fits certain people. It's for certain people who can do that. Everybody can't be a, a home stylist. Everybody can yeah. do it. I know growing up, my mom, uh, my dad, set her up a salon inside the house so it was in the basement and it was a separate area and she had shampoo bowl you know she had everything and it was nice right it was it was very nice um she got tired of feeling like home was also work you know and 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 I think a lot of stylists may feel like that especially like having people come into your sacred space is like when you don't have that separate that separate space in your home just for a home salon then people coming in your home, that can feel uncomfortable. You don't want to probably take on as many clients because you're very reluctant about who this person is and, you know, just being in your space. Now, I've never done hair at home. Even when I was in school, I went to school in 2001, beauty school in 2001. And I remember like getting ready to go out to the clubs and stuff. My friends come over, we're doing our hair or they want to do their hair. And she like, they'll be like, where your uh, flat irons at? Where your comb at? I'm like, girl, listen, I don't do that here. <laughs> like, I will leave all my stuff at the beauty school. And that's one thing I commend myself on was never like doing hair at my home. Like I always, even to this day, I feel like my, my room is like my sacred space. You know, I don't even have a television in my room. I just don't. I feel like that is the space I need to quiet myself from the world. 
And so having other people into that sacred space or even just my home period to get their hair done, that's a whole nother level. And so, yeah, I've worked in salons and I feel like that's a better atmosphere to have people in because, you know, you get to, it's, it's a salon. Like they get to feel like, okay, I am going to get my hair done. I am going to a professional place and whether you're doing a, a salon suite or a salon with other stylists, an open salon, you still feel like you're going to some place, even as a stylist, like, like I'm going to work, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to work. I'm not staying home. Plus, plus sometimes you have kids running around or, you know, you got to mm-hmm. pause and cook girl. Listen, listen. Now I didn't been in some situations like that. Okay. I remember like growing up, this is before my mom went to beauty school. She would take me over people's house to get my hair braided and girl, listen, <laughs> be there for hours they got to stop and cook for a second but they were really good though you know so that's why I went they were good but it was just too many distractions and my mom was like you know what I'm fed up with this I'm going to beauty school like I'm about to go to hair school so I can do both our hair I'm tired of this (laughs) (laughs) and so people may have those frustrations as well is there anything else Michelle you wanted to share about this topic that we're talking about today licensed versus unlicensed stylists yeah I will say this that Education goes a long way, regardless if you're licensed or not. Gearing towards the unlicensed, I urge, urging for education. Isn't more, it's not even really about styling or just having that license under your name. It's more about protecting yourself, knowing about the communicable diseases, um, what to do if, you know, something happens, you know, God forbid you give a client a chemical burn. Or they weren't having me trying to sue. Now what do you want? Now what are you going to do? It kind of goes both ways. It's like, it's more about protecting yourself and educating yourself on how to be what you're, what you're practicing. And even as a licensed stylist, just because you have that license doesn't mean that you can, that you're just going to be, you know, top dog because you got it. You're going to, you need to constantly keep learning to hone in on those skill sets that you have. So you can be top dog. Never stop learning because there's always going to be something that you don't know. The beauty industry is constantly changing. Like I sometimes I can't keep up. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? I guess I'm just going to be stuck in 2013 for a minute because I can't catch, I can't keep up. So it's all about, you know, being open and learning more. You know, disrespect, the, you know, the home styles or the, uh, or the natural stylist. We should help each other and vice versa, because at the end of the day, it's all about protection for yourself and the client, because what good is you having the skill set and you are messing up this person's hair? Yeah. They're not going to come back because they don't have no hair. <laughs> nope. So it's, it's all, I, I urge education. I urge um, bettering yourself, regardless of, you know, what your professional is, it's, all about protecting yourself and then getting the most for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. The more you learn, the more that you show that you are in this, this is your profession, that you are a professional, you can make more money. You can charge that top dollar. Let's just be better. Yeah. Be just be better. Yeah. That's that's the only thing that kind of worries me with the unlicensed. Somebody just, you know, a chemical burn or they cut too much of the hair or they just wasn't a happy person. They decided to go to the, the Better Views Business Bureau. And then, you know, it's all messed up. Now you 
Yeah. That's true. Both, both ways. Yeah, that is so, absolutely true. That's a fear that I have for people who has like great potential, who has the skill, but doesn't have that paper where they can actually evolve and move on, mm. you know, in the professional world. I think education is definitely key. Like if you're not licensed or don't plan on to become licensed, you still need to be educated on what you're doing and, and why you're doing it. And that's what beauty school is really for or natural hair school or braiding school, whatever industry that you focus on within this industry, there is some type of training for you. And that training I'm sure is designed to help make you more aware, you know, of what you're going to be doing. And, and, <laughs> and, and like you said, there's so many communicable diseases. We have COVID-19 now, you know, that's a whole beast in itself. And just learning how to um, be more aware of the environment, sanitation, infection control, and then the scalp and and hair disorders and and diseases, just really taking the time to set yourself up in an environment that where you can learn more to protect yourself at the end of the day. And Mm -hmm. that is really, really key. That is really important. And thank you for sharing that because that's, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, that's how I see. I mean, if people in the fast food industry and Walmart get some kind of training, why are you exempt? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Come on now. Well, Michelle, thank you. I thank you so much for being with me today and we having this conversation. Is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Maybe a tip, a suggestion, a myth, anything? Don't forget to look me up on Instagram at my, my stylist, Michelle. And my tip is take care of your hair. Uh, Extensions do not take your hair out. Okay. That improper installment. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And, you know, be kind to everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. People like we have to show people, show others grace, especially our clients. When they come in, I think I just shared a situation I had this past weekend. A lady, her hair was a hot mess. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and instead of, you know, you blaming and picking and getting upset with, with the client, sometimes we have to just show them grace and just educate them along the way. Yes. Cause you never know what somebody's going through. Absolutely. We are going through something. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Just show love. Maybe uh-huh. they just, you just, you know, be nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for your tips. Hair does not come out by wearing extensions it is how it's installed and proper installations Mm -hmm. i like that i like that tip thank you for sharing that with us thank you for having me i know this episode was just a little bit longer than usual but i feel the content shared in this episode can be of great value and there was definitely some good points to point out the most important thing is that you guys no matter if you're in the industry as professionals or you are practicing on the side because this is a side passion or a side hustle make sure you are doing your due diligence by getting educated in your specific niche all right that's all i have for you guys today i'll see you guys next time until next time let's continue to educate empower and embrace our essence through the love of natural hair. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.